It's story time by our favorite English author, Annette Blyton. The Happy Days series, Mr. Pink Whistle's Party, Chapter Three. Mr. Pink Whistle comes along. Sooty called Mr. Pink Whistle to his big black cat. I'm going out for a walk. It's a lovely sunny winter's day. I'll be back in time for dinner. Sooty went to the door to see him off. He went briskly down the garden path and out of the gate. The frost crunched under his feet as he went, and the pale December sun shone down on him. What a lovely day! I think I'll go down to the pond and see if there are any children sliding on it. He thought. So off he went down the lane, up the hill, down the hill, and across a meadow, where frost whitened the long grass in the ditches. Mister Pink Whistle was just putting his leg. Over the stile to go to the pond, when his sharp ears heard a sound. He had pointed browny ears and could hear like a hare. Now what's that? He thought. A leg half over the stile. Is it an animal or a child or just a noise? It seemed to come from a little tumble-down shed by the hedge. Miss Pinkwhistle listened. Yes, there certainly was a noise—a sniffy sort of noise. Sniff, sniff, gulp, sniff, sniff. I'd better go and find out," said Pink Whistle, and he got down from the stile and went to the little shed. He poked his head inside. It was rather dark, and he couldn't see anything at first. Then he saw something white. "Dear me," said Pink Whistle, "is that a face? I see. Does it belong to someone?" Who are you? The face was peeping out of a pile of hay in the corner. It spoke. Yes, but please go away. This is my shed. It's private. Pinkwhistle didn't go away. He was sure that he could see that the face was very miserable. He came right into the shed. Somebody scrambled out of the hay crossly. It was a boy of about ten. I told you this was my shed," he said. "It's on my father's land, and he said I could have it for my own. You're trespassing. Was it you I heard sniff, sniff, sniffing?" asked Pink Whistle. "What's the matter?" "Nothing," said the boy. "Nothing to do with you anyway. Don't you know when people want to be alone? I wish you'd get out of my shed." "I'm going," said Pink Whistle. But it's a pity you haven't even a dog to keep you company. If you're unhappy, it's nice to have a dog's nose on your knee. He walked to the door. Come back, he said. The boy said suddenly in shaky sort of voice, "I like what you just said. You might understand if I tell you something. You wouldn't have said that if you hadn't understood what friends dogs are, would you?" "No," said Pink Whistle, turning back. "So it's something to do with a dog, is it?" Your own dog, I suppose. Yes," said the boy, sitting down on the hay, rubbing a very dirty hand over his face. You see, I've got no brothers or sisters, so my dad gave me a dog for my own, my very own. You understand? Not one that's shared by the whole family. Buddy was my own, every whisker of him, every hair. That's a fine thing," said Pink Whistle. "I expect that you belong to him as much as he belonged to you." You were his friend as much as he was yours. I'm glad you understand," said the boy. "It's nice to tell somebody. Well, Buddy's gone. Somebody's stolen him. He was a golden spaniel with big, loving eyes, and he cost my father a lot of money. That's why he's been stolen because he's valuable. 
Sniff, sniff, sniff. The boy rubbed his hand over his eyes again. I'm ten, he said, ashamed and too old to make a fuss like this, like a four-year-old. I know all that, so you needn't tell me. But a dog sort of gets right into your heart if he's your own. I shall begin to sniff too in a minute," said Pink Whistle. "I know exactly what you feel. You're thinking how miserable your dog will be without you, and you're hoping that nobody is being cruel to him, and you're wondering if he's cowering down in some corner, puzzled and frightened. Well, that's enough to make anyone feel miserable. He disappeared yesterday," said the boy. Two men came to the farm to ask if they could buy chickens, and I'm sure they took Buddy away. They may have given him some meat with a sleeping powder in it and got him like that. I don't know. The police say they can't trace the men, and they haven't had any report of Golden Spaniel anywhere. I see," said Pink Whistle.、Um, "Do you happen to know me by any chance, boy?" My name's Robin," said the boy. "No, I don't know you. I've never ever seen you before, have I?" He peered closely at Pink Whistle. The sun shone in at the little shed window just then, and he suddenly saw Pink Whistle clearly. He saw his green eyes and pointed ears, and he gave a little cry. Wait, wait! Yes, I've seen your picture somewhere in a magazine or a book. Yes, I remember now. Why, surely you're not Mr. Pink Whistle. I am," said Pink Whistle, beaming all over his face, pleased that the boy knew him. And I like to go about the world putting wrong things right. Get back, buddy, for me, then, please, please," said Robin, clutching hold of Mr. Pink Whistle's arm. "I never thought you were real, but you are. Can you get back, buddy? I'll do my best," said Pink Whistle. "I'll go now. Cheer up and get out of this dark shed and go home and find some work to do. Perhaps I can put things right for you." He walked out of the shed. Robin ran after him suddenly, very cheerful indeed. He was amazed to think that Mr. Pink Whistle should have come along just then. What a wonderful thing! Pink Whistle went back home. He called Sooty, his cat, and told her about Robin. Go to the farm and speak to the farm cats," he said. "They will have noticed these two men and have seen if Buddy was taken away by them. Find out all you can." Sooty ran off, tail in the air. She soon came back with news. Yes, master. The farm cats say that the men came back that evening, threw down meat for Buddy, and then went away. Buddy ate it and fell asleep. Then the men came back and put him into a sack. They had a wagon drawn by a horse called Rip, who told the cats that his masters went to Ringdown Market every Thursday. You will find them there. Thank you, Sooty," said Pink Whistle. "That's all I want to know." The next day was Thursday. Pink Whistle set off to Ringdown Market. It was a long way away, but he got there at last. What a babel of sound there was! Horses whining. Sheep buying, hens clucking, ducks quacking, turkeys gobbling, geese hissing and cackling. Pink Whistle looked for a golden spaniel. There was three for sale at the market. Which was Robin's? Mr. Pink Whistle decided to make himself invisible. This was a gift he sometimes used, and he used it now. One moment there was a kindly man walking about. The next moment he wasn't there at all. An old woman selling eggs was most astonished. She blinked her eyes in wonder and then forgot about it. Pink Whistle went up to a golden spaniel. 
Putty, he whispered. Putty, the dog took no notice. So that one wasn't Robin's dog. Pink Whistle went up to the second spaniel and whispered, but he wasn't Robin's dog either. Putty whispered Pink Whistle to the third spaniel, who was lying miserably on some sacks behind two men selling hens. Putty, the dog sprang up at once, his tail wagging. He looked all around. Who had been calling by his name? One of the men turned down round sharply. Lie down, you! He said and kicked him. Pink Whistle felt very angry indeed. Ah, these fellows wanted punishing. They wanted frightening. Well, he would have a fine game and give them a wonderful punishment. He began to bark like a dog, and Buddy pricked up his ears at once. Then Pink Whistle pretended that Buddy was speaking. Hands, peck these men! He cried. And then it seemed to the men as if a whole flock of invisible hands were all round them, pecking hard. But really, of course, it was Mr. Pink Whistle jabbing at them with his hard little forefinger. Peck, peck, peck. The men cowered back, squealing. Everyone came to see what the matter was. Pink Whistle began to cluck, and that made the men think they really were invisible hands pecking them. Then Pink Whistle called out again in a barking sort of voice, so that it seemed as if Buddy was talking. Geese attack these men, and dear me, what a cackling there was from old Pink Whistle then. What a hissing, and what a jab, jab, jabbing from top to bottom of the scared men! Everyone stared, amazed. What was happening? Where did the cackling and hissing come from? Who was jabbing at the men? Serves them right," said somebody. "I never did like those two. And then, oh dear! Pink Whistle decided to be a butting goat. What fun he was having, and what a wonderful punishment he was giving the two men, goat." But them, he cried, and the men looked everywhere, scared, wondering if an invisible goat was coming at them. Biff! Pink Whistle ran first at one man, and then at another. Biff! Bang! Biff! The men felt exactly as though a big, rather solid goat was butting them back and front. Pink Whistle butted one man right over, and he rolled on top of Buddy. Buddy promptly snapped at him and growled. Pink Whistle immediately growled too, and talked in his growling. Bull, toss these men! The men gave a loud howl. Hens had pecked them, geese had jabbed them, a goat had butted them. Surely, surely, they were not going to be tossed by a bull, and an invisible one too, coming at them from any side. Run for it! Yelled one man, and he ran for his life. The other followed. Pink Whistle galloped after them, making his feet sound like a bull's hooves. Clippity clippity clop! How the men howled! Pink Whistle couldn't follow them very far because he laughed so much. How he laughed! People were really very puzzled to hear loud chuckles and not see anyone there. Well, I don't know what's upset. Those two fellows said a burly farmer, but I'm glad to see the back of them, rascals, both of them. Pink Whistle went back to where the dog Buddy lay on the sacks, puzzled and frightened. Buddy suddenly heard a quiet, kindly voice talking to him, and invisible fingers undid the knot of rope that tied him to the rail. 
Come with me, Buddy, said the voice, and Buddy went obediently. He sniffed at Mr. Pink Whistle's invisible legs. How very peculiar to smell legs that didn't seem to be there. Buddy couldn't understand it, but then he didn't really understand anything that had happened since he had left Robin. His world seemed quite upside down and not at all a nice place. It was a long way to the farm where Robin lived, but as they got nearer to it, Buddy became very excited indeed. His nose twitched. He pulled against the hand on his collar. Not so fast, Buddy," said Mr. Pink Whistle. "I want to come with you." Buddy took another sniff at the invisible legs. Well, they smelt all right, so the person with them ought to be all right too. He trotted along obediently, getting more and more excited. It was dark when at last they came to the farm. Buddy was now so excited that he pulled and pulled at Pink Whistle's hand. The little man led him to his kennel. Get in there and wait, he ordered, and bark, bark loudly. Buddy crept in and then he barked. How loudly he barked! Woof, 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 woof. Robin, I'm back. Where are you? Woof, woof. And Robin heard. Of course, he would know Buddy's bark anywhere. He sprang up at once, his face shining. Mother, that's Buddy's bark. He's back! He cried and raced out of the house to the yard. He came to the kennel, calling joyfully, "Buddy, Buddy, I'm here!" And before Buddy could squeeze past the invisible Mr. Pink Whistle, there was Robin squeezing into the kennel. He got right in, and then you really couldn't tell which was boy and which was dog. They hugged and licked and rolled and patted and yelped and shouted so joyfully together. At last, tired out, they sat peacefully together in the kennel. Buddy's nose on Robin's knee and Robin's arm round Buddy's neck. Only Buddy's tongue was busy, lick, lick, licking at Robin's hand. Buddy, I do wish I could say a big thank you to Mr. Pink Whistle," said Robin. "I don't even know where he lives, though. I'd say, Mr. Pink Whistle, I'm your friend forever and ever." Pink Whistle heard it all. He was peering in at the kennel, as happy as could be. He had put a lot of wrong things right in his life, but surely this one was. One of the very best. He stole away in the darkness, a very happy little man indeed.